something. Uh, start over. Well, welcome to <laughs> welcome to Sam and Ross like things, the show where Sam and Ross talk about things that they like. Hello, Ross. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm good. Do you like stuff? Still liking stuff every day. I also like stuff. Cool. Let's cool. get into it. All right. Um, I think it's your turn to go first. Yeah. Yeah, but we've got some follow up. Oh, we got follow up. We definitely got follow up. All right. I think you have the follow up. Right? I've got the follow up. Um, so uh, my homework from last time was to go have a meal at Lee's famous recipe, chicken. Yeah. And so I did. Uh, I went with a friend of the show, Plof Master. Uh, we went and had a fried chicken lunch at Lee's famous recipe, chicken. Tell me all the things. Tell sure, me everything. Sure. Um, we get there. Uh, Dan, Dan Master orders. He's been there before. He's a veteran. Um, I look at the board, and I have to make a decision because it's a fast food place. The board's but a little overwhelming. It's a little overwhelming. But I said to the the cashier because there wasn't anyone behind me. I said it's my first time here. I want to just figure out. How to, I was like, okay, um, I'll get three piece. I like saw the like different combos, three piece, and I guess I get two sides or whatever. And then and I was and then I said, um, I know I want the home fries because Ross told me to get the home fries, and said, I'm gonna get a biscuit. And then, does that come with a drink? She's like, no, but there's this lunch combo that wasn't on the board. Like, oh, I want the lunch combo, which was the same thing with one less, with one side and a drink. So that's what I had. I had a three-piece. Did you get a spicy crispy? A spicy crispy. Okay. Because that's what you told me to get. Yeah. And the fries with the breading on. And then sweet tea. Um, And it was uh, too much food. Yeah. <laughs> I should have gotten the two piece because <laughs> I did not eat the third piece. Yeah. Did uh, you go dark meat or white meat or unspecified? Uh, I don't think I got a choice. Okay. But it was a mix. So I think I got like a, a drumstick, a thigh and a wing, or okay. a thigh and a breast. Um, it was good. Um, the chicken itself was, I could see how it would be comforting. It was a little on the greasy side, but that's just fry, fast food fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say it's very good fast food fried chicken. How does it? How did it compare to Bohangles for you? Um, I'd say on par. Okay, on par. Um, the fries were amazing. Yeah, I could just eat those fries, and the biscuit was good. Yeah, and the sweet tea. You were right. It's like drinking sugar elixir. It is. And uh, we'll put the picture up in the show notes. But Dan took a picture of me eating my food, and as you said, it was the most diverse picture. Isn't it <laughs> cool there? Yeah. Um, so I didn't, they were helpful. They were glad to have a newbie. I ate my food. It was great. What good follow-up. Yeah. I like your follow-up. Yeah. Cause I'm um, liking things. I don't have any follow-up because roller derby is far away still. Yeah, right. We looked into it and I think they start in February or something like that. Okay. Well we should put an OmniFocus in to go to a roller derby. Ahoy telephone. Remind me to. Yeah. Okay. Any other follow-up? I think that's it. Oh, not true. No, nope. Did you ruin a bathroom after Lee's Famous Recipe Chicken as predicted? Uh, No, it was because I did not try to eat that third piece of chicken. Mm. And it was was fine. I mean, it was just like, it was not like a high fiber day. (laughs) (laughs) But it also was not, nothing got wrecked. Right. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Good all around. All right. Well, here we go. We're going to go. 
There I go. Here, Here I go. go. Here I go again. Girls, what's your, what is your weakness? weakness? It's men. It's men. And so today, the thing that you like, Sam, is a is a a man and a and a franchise. I don't know a franchise. A, a man with a talent. Um, Atomic Robo. Atomic is it, Robo is not a well oh, legally defined as a man. Sure. But. Yeah, we'll get into it because there's some yeah. there's some complexities. Um, Atomic Robo is a comic. It is drawn by a man and written by a man mm-hmm. who lives in Richmond. Who lives in Richmond. So begin. So my favorite comic, hands down, is Atomic Robo. If I had to recommend, I would even go as far to say the best comic being published today. Mm. And I'll tell you why, because you're going to ask. Um, so it is a story about a, a uh, I guess you'd call it an android, but it doesn't really try to look like a human, but it is humanoid shape, named Atomic Robo, who was built by Nikola Tesla. The Nikola Tesla? The Nikola Tesla. Okay. And each volume, so it comes out in single issues, which comprise a volume, which are um, normally five or six comic book length long Mm -hmm. and each is a its own discrete story um they all fit together but you can really read them in any order um the continuity in it is the way continuity should be where it's not work or like nerd cred but it's like bonus material Mm. so you see stuff from the other volumes but it's not like key to understand like you could start with volume four there's stuff in it from volume three and if you had read volume three, you'd be like, oh, cool. But if you hadn't, you'd be, oh, whatever. So it's this robot who says things like um, fiddlesticks and like when he encounters giant and he goes on uh, giant uh, ants, he goes on like science adventures. So they're called, he's, he has these action team of action scientists and they go investigate weird things but in a very lighthearted, fun way is he subservient to the actual no he, science? he runs Tesladyne industries so he's in charge oh so they're subservient to, to yeah him. he's the boss uh, is nikolai maybe we're getting too far in here is okay, nikolai sorry. is he the boss is he the boss of the robot oh so Tesla? this this is important because the volumes are not in chronological order either hmm. so this robot was built in the late 19th century i don't know if i have the exact maybe the early 20th century but it's still around to quote-unquote present day because he's a robot yeah so you have stories that take place in 2015 you got stories that take place in the early 1900s and you've got like a world war ii story and so they can do that because he's a robot so So do the action scientists cast change like do they die and get old like yeah yeah well and he doesn't always have action scientists but okay um so there is a there is um, my favorite arc. He uh, and I'll describe this. And if you don't like this, this might not be for you. Uh, he fights Cthulhu with Carl Sagan. What is the time? Is it the like in the seventies? So good. Yep. Yeah. Um, like he flies World World War Two jets and goes to Mars. And so this is this is ongoing, still being published, still being published. Um, it was through i think an independent publishing house and they were going to self-publish because i think that one closed but then this uh, idw picked them up and are publishing single issues again now so who's the who's the guy who writes this so there are two guys that live in richmond who write this or a guy writes this his name's brian clevenger and the primary artist is uh scott wegner i hope i pronounced his name right 
and he they both live in Richmond. They work out of a studio in Scott's Edition. Whoa, who knew? Yeah, you did, but I didn't. And uh, uh, it's my favorite comic because the stories are great. It the universe takes itself seriously, but the characters in it like acknowledge when they're doing something ridiculous. Like I'm fighting a giant ant right now. Like that can't possibly be true, right? Like, and so they don't. So it's all lighthearted. Um, they have what um, they call the promise, which is um, who the in, the in, in character in book. No, no, the, the, the creators. Okay. Uh, let me just read the promise to you. Um, we'll cut this part out. So um, here are their promises, and this came out of the '90s where they stopped liking comics themselves, like mainstream mm-hmm. comics. Like, what would you want to see in the comics? Uh, number one, no angst. Yeah. Like, it's not a teenage soap, soap opera. Like, bad stuff happens, but it's not, like, dark and broody. Number two is no cheesecake. So one of the things that I love about the book is before it was fashionable, women are drawn like women, and there are women scientists who aren't like, I'm the woman scientist. They're just scientists who... Or women, yeah. and they are drawn like women, <laughs> which it's like, oh, that's nice. Um, the uh, no reboots, yeah. So all the story happens like that's we've got a huge time span that covers, so they, everything fits into the continuity, but it's not like a retcon from all the from other comics you may read where it's like what's going on in x-men right now like you need to go to a wikipedia page right to figure out one of my favorite podcasts is rachel and miles explain the x-men which i love but it it exists almost entirely because you've got time traveling clones of clones going back in time and changing things right right and so everything in the atomic robo sphere just happens um, and then, uh, they does it also, get, does it get yeah. complicated? Like, does it? No. And add, it's not complicated. Yeah. That's appealing to me. Yeah. So it's a comic book. That's fun. It's exciting. You like it. It's lighthearted. It's not angsty and it's not any work. Yeah. Were there any other things on the list? On the, um, on there, the there are two more, which is, um, no filler. So that's part of each volume is its own thing. So if it's five issues, it's five issues. If it's six issues, it's six issues. Yeah. There's no like, oh, let's sit around in the danger room, like drinking drinking tea. Right. Um, and then the fifth one is the main robot punches a different robot. Um, or maybe a monster. So let's cut out all the dumb stuff that could get in the way of letting you enjoy that. That's awesome. I feel like that's, I mean, clearly just a list of things to be respectful to the people who like your comics. Right. But also for them to make what they want to make, like comics they'd want to read. Yeah. And I'm serious, like it not being any work to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just right now I'm reading through all the Spider-Verse stuff and I have a thing I keep aside the comics that is a list of all the things in the order I have to read them. And it's like across, you know, 10 different titles not an exact it's probably more than that 15 different titles and it is work to read everything you need to read to to get the most out of spider-verse um atomic robo is the first comic i bought digitally because when comiXology came out the big names weren't there 
mm-hmm. but Atomic Robo was there, and they were actually like the number one digital comic in the world for like a day, just for being for being there for, first. For, for being there first, and um, I would recommend my personal place to start would be Volume Three, which has the Carl Sagan bit. There's also I think it's Volume Five, but I can look it up where. Uh, a World War II story where the flying she-devils, mm-hmm. where he encounters a group of women pilots who are fighting Japanese mm. stuff. That sounds a lot like Captain Marvel, the first so arc of Captain Marvel. So that, that's, uh, that's one thing, which the first arc of Captain Marvel actually came out a month after the robo-arc. So it was just coincidentally the same thing. But if you look at the art between those two... Um, that first volume of Captain Marvel still was getting into the cheesecake. Oh, totally. Yep. Like butt shots. Mm-hmm. And then if you compare it to Atomic Robo, it's like, oh, this is not to say that that wasn't a great story from the Captain Marvel team because it was. But if you imagine if the Captain Marvel team could do that same story now, it would look closer to how they did oh, it yeah. in Atomic Robo. Totally. That's fascinating. Um and so what year is that? That's that's like right before I got involved. So like I read Captain Marvel after it had happened. Um, is that like early 2000s, mid 2000s? What is the, I don't even know. What is the year of Atomic Robo 1? No, uh, let me, let me take a look. And I guess I can still, I can get this on Comixology now, right? Yeah, go, if you don't have it, I'll, I'll buy you one of the volumes. I will have homework. This nice. is homework um, for me. And if you are a local Richmond listener... Um, they are going to do a signing at Velocity a week from uh, on Friday the uh, Friday the ninth. Okay, and is, do you have a sense? I know you've talked to them before. Do you have an I like? It was two thousand seven. Okay, two thousand seven. All right. So yeah, that is before like we kind of got more people talking about how maybe cheesecake and butts and poor tropes were not great for comics poor women tropes um do you have a sense of why they're in richmond doing this because i mean well let me ask this question first are are people other than you excited about atomic robo yeah so um if you want to hear all this in a more concise written form that i'm writing for your the website you publish this Mm -hmm. will come out next week um they, uh, the writer, uh, Brian, has lived in Richmond for a while. Um, his artist, uh, Scott, uh, moved here fairly recently. And it was a deliberate, I'm going to move to the same town that wow. Brian's in. I'm going to check out the schools. We're going to find a place to live. And so they've, he, is, he deliberately chose Richmond as his place to live. I love that. Yeah. I love, I, I love the, when Richmond sucks people in especially talented people so that's that's super exciting the other thing you ask uh, popularity uh, they have had two kickstarters so far let me take a look one was just uh to sell a bunch of sort of uh fun merch and the other was to publish all their volumes so far in hardcover um and they were unbelievably unbelievably successful so let me t- just pull up the Full disclosure, I contributed to one. I don't know if people care about that. Yes, I care. Do you really Do, like it, Sam? Right. Do you, I mean, I don't have a financial interest. Um, so for the hardcover project, 
1,325 backers pledged $184,000. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So, and it doesn't sound like that they would be interested in putting that comic on a major, on one of the the bigger, big two or whatever, right? Like, it seems like their vibe is kind of what it is. Like, not independent. I guess IDW is not independent, right? Um, they they own all of their stuff. Yeah. So IDW is, and I I'll get the details probably a little bit wrong, but IDW. Uh, I don't know if the exact order, but they weren't going to go through the a publisher to print out floppies, as it were, just do it themselves. And IDW came to them and basically gave them whatever they wanted to do it. That's so neat. Well, I will definitely do. I'm going to do some homework and I will read Carl Sagan volume. And I will report back for sure because that sounds exciting. Um, maybe I'll try to get – oh, my! I always ask, appropriate for children? Oh, that was another thing. It's totally kid-friendly. Um, there's a little bit of violence, but it's always appropriate. Like they have you know, World War II people – it's not graphic, but getting shot. So it is – without being labeled as an all-ages comic, it's an all-ages comic. And it's not an all-ages comic like, ooh, kittens and butterflies because there are bad guys in it. But it is not anything you wouldn't see in Avatar. Right. The best show ever made. Which we I should put that. Do we talk about it? Is that on my list? It's on your list. We'll get to it. But it's all, right. all, it's all ages. My daughters read it. Okay. Your kid can read it. I will. Maybe we'll read it together. Me and my child, my, my son will read it together for next show. And I'll report back. Great. Do you have any other? Any Anything we missed? Probably. Okay. Probably. Maybe we'll need to do a whole section of follow-up next week. Yeah. Not next week, in a fortnight. All right, Ross. Yeah. I forget. Do whatever we decide on. Whatever you want. What is your heart? What is, what's in your heart? What's, what does your heart say? Well, listen to it. Tell me about your bike. Yeah, my bike. I have the best bike. Um, and we just had the big bike race here, right? Which... I can't. Yes. I, mean, I, I, I guess there may be people that aren't in Richmond who listen to our, our wonderful show, but is an international world championship road cycling race. So basically, like the World Cup of of bikes. Um, and so it was in town, and so I've been riding my bicycle a whole lot because it's hard not to when your whole and it was here for a week. So like the whole entire city was converted into bike madness for a week and it's hard not to be really stoked about bicycles when everything around you shouts and screams bicycles. So I have a bike that I love and have been riding a ton and it is a, it's a million years old. It's probably 12 years old and it is a steel frame Fuji road bike that I bought for like $150 and it's super cheap and it's super, uh, crappy i guess i don't know um it's not it's like the lowest bottom line bike you could get at ag's bike store at the time that was a road bike it had like gears and things like like you know like road bike handlebars um but since then i've replaced like a million things on like it has different wheels it has different tires it's been converted into a single speed so there's no gears anymore there's just the one it only has one brake like and i just put new handlebars for old people on it and I just love it so much. It's like a junky, weird Frankenstein thing, and it brings me so much joy to ride. And I'm I'm really glad the bike race has got me back on it because 
it's just great. It's great to have a bike. It's like, you know, when you're a kid and you love bikes and you love like biking around. Yes. Like, this is what this bike makes me feel. I don't know why. It's so weird. And the other, like, a couple months ago, I had it. I've just had it in my backyard for a million years. I haven't really been locking it up because, like, it's just been in my backyard. And someone stole my bike out of my backyard. <gasps> and I felt that was when I was like, oh, I love this bike. I'm so sad. Like, now I have to get a new bike. And the new bike's going to be, like, different and, pro- and, like, in different ways. And luckily, my neighbor found it in his yards. And the bike came back to me. And I felt so much joy when the bike came back. So, like, I have this, like, dumb, fluttery love for my bike. I don't know why, but it's it's true. Uh, tell me about the, the Frankenstein aspect. Is this um, or, uh, work and parts you're doing yourself? No. Um, but I that, the handlebars I did, that was the newest thing. And I wanted to be like, hey, I feel like I can put handlebars on a bike. Um, and it involved, like, taking some of the brake wires off and putting them back on and stuff. And... Now, now, like, I'm excited. I, I want to do thing. Like, I don't know what my next thing will be, but, like, um, bikes are so simple. Like, it's, it's like, a, the simplest machine, especially my bike since I got rid of the gears and, like, yeah. one of the brakes and stuff. Like, it really is a, a fairly simple machine, and you can kind of just look at it. Right. And are like, okay, I see what's not working, and I can kind of see how to, like, fix it. And the whole thing's like Allen wrenches. So all you need is, like, an Allen wrench, and you can do whatever you want. Hi, I'm Allen Wrench. <laughs> yeah. I need Tonstead to live. <laughs> I do not know what that's from. It's from The Simpsons. Mm. He's named over after what he is. <laughs> um, so uh, the joy of riding, because I'm a fairly recent uh, adult bicyclist, and I get that, just, like, hating one hating driving cars yeah and two like the freedom especially in a city of the radius that we have you can pretty much get anywhere in richmond on a bicycle in a reasonable amount of time yeah um and one thing you taught me or put in my mind is that bicycle commuting is not about exercise yeah so you don't have to worry about like i have to get up this hill fast no you don't yeah, you can be slow as you want. Yeah. That, and that's why I got the old people handlebars, which like, you know, you see like a regular or like a racing bike and they're all like hunched over, yeah. uh, like a, like a shaped like a bullet. And that's if you want to go fast. Like if you want to be old and not have your back hurt, you get old people <laughs> handlebars and you get to sit up straight and kind of like, I feel like the Wicked Witch of the West a little like, like my handlebars, my hands way far out to the sides and. Uh, it's just nice and pleasant, especially like the weather, fall weather, like man, riding at night, riding at night is so good where like everything's just quiet. It's quiet yeah. and your bike is so quiet. That's another great thing about bikes is they're just like silent machines yes. and you just whiz down the street. It was it's- real nice when Monument was closed to traffic. Like that was so like, I like tranquil. Yeah. It's so weird. We, the race went right by our office and they had that whole, both the streets, our office, it's on a corner. So both the streets were close to traffic and it was just so quiet. It was really weird on like a Thursday. It was just like silent. Um, what would a city be like without cars? I know just like, and the weirdest thing is happening in town where like I was riding my bike to work and I got to a roundabout. We have like four roundabouts. Got to one of the roundabouts. Fake roundabouts. And it, yeah, this one's not really a real roundabout. But I got there, and there was a line of bikes trying to get into the roundabout. And the guy in front of me was like, well, this has never happened before. I was like, I know. It's so weird. But it was great. It's it, it's like like bike, bike camaraderie is kind of cool. Yeah, and if you build it, like now that we have some infrastructure, like 
it's one of those things where when you build it, people actually come. Yeah, it totally is. And I think like more folks are riding bikes and um, it's, in, I, I, I want to like, I just want to like get everyone a bike. I want to, I want to take people and strip away their reasons for not having a bike so that they can just like hop on and, and ride around. Sounds to me like you just formed a new nonprofit. I know, that probably already exists, right? I want to, I want to, want to volunteer for some sort of bike thing. Uh, if you happen to know a nonprofit that helps get people bikes, Russ will volunteer. There, there is, this is not really topical for this show, but I do like this thing. Um, it's called the Richmond Cycling Corps, I think is what it's called. And it's, uh, it's the only, I think in Virginia, it's the only um, urban or inner city. Are we allowed to say inner city? Is that a thing we still say? I don't know what we say anymore. A Richmond City School, Armstrong High School, has a cycling team that competes at a very high level. And it's all these kids that are, like, from the mostly poor part of town but are, like, really good at cycling and are on, like, a not like a – I mean, I think they do some mountain biking, but it's, like, road cycling, which is super cool. And, like, you should go read their their page about, like, what bikes do for, like, that community. It's really, really powerful. I will. Um is this something you do with your family, riding your bike? Yes. We just rode, me and my son rode to school for the first time. How'd that go? Last week or the week before last week. It went so well. Our neighborhood is pretty built for bikes. Like, it's low traffic and, and fairly suburban despite being in the in the city. And, like, I had a realization, too. It went really well. We, we made it. It was totally fine. Like, everything's great. And, like, he was really excited. And when I came back to pick him up on bikes to go home from the day um he like walked out of school already wearing his helmet which was pretty he was like that's pretty cute and pretty exciting um i think i realized that he's kind of tall for his age and i think he's and he's fairly verbal he's he's almost seven and like i'm i'm fairly particular about i think you should ride bikes according to the laws of riding bikes um so, like, we don't ride on the sidewalks, and we don't ride, like, counter to the flow of traffic or anything. In Richmond City, you're allowed to ride on the sidewalks. Yes, you totally are. Um, I, I know that. But in your neighborhoods and the roads you're taking, there aren't always curb cuts, which yeah. will destroy your kid's tire. And, like, we're just, I'm just kind of like, you will eventually be riding, like, on the street. And so, I was just kind of like, we're going to ride on the street. And then, like, we got home from school, and I was like, you're, like, not seven. And we just, like, rode, rode around on the street on your bike. Uh, and that's a little weird, but it was great. I thought it was great, yeah, and he I, was comfortable. There was never like an uncomfortable moment. So I do it with my kid, and there's a difference between like being on a super busy high traffic street and being on neighborhood streets. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm hoping that like, and my my parents are super into cycling. Like they bike all the time. Um, so I'm hoping it's like a thing we'll be able to do kind of more. And it is so nice. And you're starting to get this of being able to go places with your kid, yeah, and not have to pack into the car. Yes, like now that you can ride with your son, you could probably go downtown. Yeah, I almost thought about going to the big bike race with him. I was like, I think we could almost get there in but a safe just way. Think of like being able to go to those Richmond events that you don't go to because you don't want to park. Yeah, mm-hmm. that you could just go to. No. That, that's the best part about bikes, man. Like, I've got a nice set of um, saddlebags, a thing on mm-hmm. the back, and a, and saddlebags that hang over them. And with that, you can go and do anything. Like, you yeah. can go to work. You can go to a thing. You can bring a thing to a friend's house. Put, like, six-pack of beer in there, and you can mm-hmm. bring it to your friend's house. And 
and you just don't have to worry about anywhere to park. You don't have to worry about like whatever million annoying things cars bring with it. It's just like, like you said, it's freeing. Yeah, it's just you can. Oh yeah, I'll go over there. I mean, you have to pay attention to if it's gonna rain. Yeah, but or not mind getting wet. Yeah, as long as you're on the way back home from wherever right. you're going and it rains, it's fine. But yeah, bikes, man. Get a cheap bike, one with as few parts as you can get. Great. Yeah. So, Ross, where can people find uh, show notes for this episode? You can find them at salmonrosslikethings.com at the top. At the top, which uh, my spouse recently was behind and caught up, and that that statement only holds true if you're caught up. Oh, yes, that's true. But I assume everyone is caught up. <laughs> so maybe we can figure out a way to have numbers. Yeah. Maybe. I can put numbers... Uh, In the urals? Yeah. It's a little, little inside baseball, as they say, but I, I, the reason we can cut all this out because it's boring. The reason I don't like numbers in show episode things is because when you look at it in iTunes, iTunes numbers them from top to bottom: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But they're sorted reverse chronologically, so like you have one set of numbers down this side: it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, and adjacent to them are numbers: ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. So one. what we need to do is number the current episode one, and then. Every time we release a new one, we add one to the episode number, and then it'll be in the right order in the iTunes list. I just, just <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. Uh, so that was boring, but yes, that's why. Uh, we, I don't even know what episode this is. What is this? 10, 9, 8, 7? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyway, you can find it. I will, I will endeavor to improve this situation. This is episode eight. 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 Dang. Almost a real thing. Get to 12. That's a real thing. Um, so, yeah, salmonrosslikethings.com. Send us follow up. You can hit me on Twitter at R O S S C A T R O W. That's Ross Catro. That's Ross Catro. And where can we find you on the internet, I'm, uh, Sam? At Mr. Beefy on Twitter. At Mr. Beefy on Thanks Twitter. Thanks for watching. Bye.